0: Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with your host, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural healthcare practitioner who will show you alternative paths towards health with a holistic approach. Call in with your questions or comments at 888 888- 235 7374. And now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izard. Okay.
0: Sorry about that.
1: hello. Hello,
0: hello, hello. I'm glad to um, welcome you finally. We had a bit of technical difficulties to deal with here in the studio, which necessitated the late start. So, thank you for hanging in there. And yes, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner Parthenia Izzard here on Blog Talk Radio. Now, um, thank you for listening to this live broadcast tonight, August 5, 2014. And Hello to those of you listening to an Internet Archive within a few minutes of the show close or a rebroadcast some other time. Uh, Again, I just want to remind those of you who may not know, we air live most Tuesdays with rebroadcasts and special programs always on Wednesday and Thursday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. There is a link on my website, www.amtherapies.com, where you can access the program. Um, now, realize that broadcasts can be from any program since 2006, and when I, that, which are, were not all done here on Block Talk Radio. So if you hear a different call sign or number or something of that nature, don't let it throw you. You are in the right place. Now, to call into the program, call 619-789-6835 or send instant messages during the program through the link on the Blog Talk Radio homepage. Now, to find the program without subscribing to my e-card, <laughs> enter my name or the name of the program in the Blog Talk Radio search box. Please, any problems with the Internet links, give me a call after the program at 866 866- Now, on this program, we discuss alternative medicine therapies, related products and issues, and we do it with the experts. Only try the therapies shared here after consulting with your physician. Uh, Now, for your information, a new live program will be coming August 12th. And that will be August 12, 2014, of course. And that will be Paramahansa Jagadish, author of The Prayer Project. Now, if you miss any show, you can go to my website. Again, that's www.amtherapies.com. Click on the radio link, register on the Blog Talk Radio site, then hear the show. For appointments with me, face-to-face or remote, and for general information, again, call 866 Four seven two six zero nine four. Remember, you can purchase an autographed copy of the book I co-authored, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health on my site. You may uh, make that a wonderful resource uh, for yourself uh, or a gift to a friend. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm Alternative medi and don't forget to eat right for your type and new skin supplements and and beauty products where beauty and wellness meet technology. Now today, after the news, I'm going to be speaking with uh, Carl O. Helvey, registered nurse and PhD, author of You Can Beat Lung Cancer. And um, he's talking about that using alternative and integrative interventions. Uh, he is a 39 year survivor of lung cancer. And at the end of tonight's program, we will discuss the herb black walnut and the asana urva dandasana. Okay, now it's time for our wellness news. Okay, and as usual, I get these from Science Daily, uh, which is is an online news source. Um, Today's topic will be Natural Terrain Schoolyards Reduce Children's Stress, says Study. Uh, This came out uh, July 22nd of this year from the University of Colorado at Boulder, playing playing. (laughs) Playing in schoolyards that feature natural habitats and trees and not just asphalt and recreation equipment reduces children's stress and inattention, according to a University of Colorado Boulder study. Working on class assignments or gardening in such settings also provides stress-reducing benefits for youth, according to a paper published in the journal Health and Place. Let me sort of lower that news bed a little. Now, the study is one of the first of its kind to focus on the relationship between student access to green settings and stress. Quote, many schools already offer stress management programs, but there are about teaching individuals how to deal with stress instead of creating stress-reducing environments, said Louise Chala, uh, CU Boulder professor of environmental design and lead author of the study. Quote, schools are where children spend the major part of their life hours, so it's an important place to look at for integrating daily contact with the natural world because of the many benefits it brings, End quote. Natural terrain schoolyards with dirt, shrub oak, and water features, for example, foster supportive relationships and feelings of competence and uh, the researchers found. Combination schoolyards that have at least some natural habitat landscaping, even if they include built structures as well, can have positive impacts on children, said Chawla. Uh, who also is the director of the CU-Boulders Children, Youth, and Environment Center. For the study, a variety of settings were observed, including elementary school students' recess uh, in wooded and built areas, fourth uh, through sixth grade students' use of a natural habitat for science and writing lessons, and high school students' gardening for volunteerism required school service or coursework. The sites were located at a private elementary school in Baltimore that serves children with dyslexia and other learning disabilities, a public elementary school in suburban Denver with students from a range of socioeconomic backgrounds, and four public and private entities for teenagers, a college preparatory school, a public high school, an alternative school, and an after-school program throughout Colorado. Together, the researchers logged more than 1,200 hours of observation. They interviewed students, teachers, parents, and alumni, and coded keywords from the interviews of their findings, among other methods. Over three school years at the Baltimore Elementary School research site, 96% of students in the first through fourth grades chose to play in the woods when they had the option of heading either there to a playground or to an athletic field. In the woods, the younger children freely engaged in exploratory and sensory-based activities. The older children cooperatively organized activities like building forts and trading found objects. Teachers at the Baltimore Elementary School reported that the students returned from recess with longer attention spans. Uh, Some parents said the experience was empowering and critical to their child's well-being and social and emotional balance. Students at the Denver Elementary School who completed assignments in a natural habitat found the process to be an escape from stress in the classroom and at home, according to the study. 25% 25% of the students spontaneously described the green area as peaceful or calm. There also were anecdotal observations at the Denver School. In one case, for example, a group of menacing schoolmates were unable to provoke a student in the green space whose temper normally was quick to escalate, according to the author. Quote, more than 700 hours of observations at the Denver School's green outdoor space. Zero uncivil behaviors were observed, said Chowla. But there were many incidents of arguments and rudeness indoors as there are at many schools. End quote. Among the teenage participants Participants throughout Colorado who gardened, 46% referred to calm, peace, and relaxation in addition to other positive descriptors when reflecting on their experiences. They also gave four main reasons for their favorable reactions, being outdoors in fresh air, feeling connected to a natural living system, successfully caring for living things, and having time for quiet self-reflection. For schools that are interested in providing natural habitats for students but only have built outdoor spaces, Chalice suggests tearing out some areas of asphalt or creating joint use agreements with city parks and open space. Quote, schools are really prime sites for an ecological model of health and for building access to nature into part of the school routine as a health measure, end quote, said Chaula. And again, you can find that on sciencedaily.com. Okay, um, when we come back from break, I will talk to you a little bit about tonight's guest. And um, again, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izard. alternative medicine therapies, well, is sponsoring tonight's part of tonight's program. It is located here in Pennsylvania. Uh, visit my website, www.amtherapies.com, and call our number for face to face and remote secure video conference appointments. That's 866 472 6094. Uh, You are hearing us live from the Internet, of course. To call in during the program, call 619-789-6835. We will be back with Carl O. Helvey, RN, Ph.D., author of You Can Beat Lung Cancer, Using Alternative Integrative Interventions. He's a 39-year survivor.
1: Okay,
0: yes, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parsenia Izard. And remember, on my website, www.amtherapies.com, you can preview and purchase an autographed copy of the book I co-authored, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health. Uh, And you can do that on my site, my chapter is Naturopathy. Uh, we are going to be talking live tonight with Carl O'Helvey, RN, Ph.D., author of You Can Beat Lung Cancer, Using Alternative and Integrative Interventions. He's a 39-year survival survivor. And to call into the program to ask questions of my go- guest, call 619-789-6835. Okay. Now, my guest this evening, Dr. Carl O'Helvey, is a registered nurse with two master's degrees, one from the University of California and the other from Johns Hopkins University. Uh, He has a doctorate in public health and wellness, uh, also from Johns Hopkins University, and 60 years experience as a nurse practitioner, educator, author, and researcher. He has received national recognitions, including the Distinguished Career in Public Health Award from the American Public Health Association in 1999. Dr. Helvey has listings in most major national references, including Who's Who, Who's Who in Virginia, Who's Who in American Nursing, Outstanding Educator in America, Men of Achievement, American Men and Women of Science, and two listings in Wikipedia. He has published eight books and chapters in four additional ones. Dr. Helvey has also published or presented internationally over 100 papers and articles. Two of his noted accomplishments, yes, I'm having a hard time talking over my own tongue today, Um, two of his noted accomplishments are the development and publication of a nursing theory that is used internationally in nine countries and the establishment of a nursing center that provided primary care for homeless and low-income individuals and families. Dr. Helvey has recently established the Carl O. Helvey Holistic Cancer Foundation. Now, again, uh, also, as I mentioned earlier, he is a 39-year lung cancer survivor who was given six months to live by the conventional medicine, so he used natural interventions. At age of 81, Dr. Helvey has not only beat the odds of lung cancer, but also the odds of three chronic illnesses and five prescribed medications that are the average for a 75-year-old. Uh, For the past 39 years, his focus has been on holistic health and natural interventions. Good evening, Dr. Helvey. How are you?
3: Great, Parthenia. I'm happy to be with you.
0: Oh, glad to have you. My word, there's so much in your book, Uh, my goodness, and I know we're only going to be able to to scratch (laughs) the surface, but um, before we get started uh, in the direct review of the text, would you share some information with us, uh, with our listeners, about what growing up was like for you, and how it influenced your lifestyle, nutrition, and et cetera, if it did?
3: (laughs) Well, I grew up in a family that was, well, in retrospect, we were poor, but I didn't know it at the time. And I think that has influenced my uh, desire to help other people, uh, especially low-income and homeless people. And I worked with that population for about uh, 35 years, and it culminated in a grant for almost a million dollars, and I opened a nursing center where we provided primary care for that population. And the other thing was that I traveled around europe and i met many people that work with homeless and i uh, ended up having uh, writing a book that included chapters from um, six european countries the united states and russia and so i think that my background influenced that Uh, my mother was a very caring person and she always had time to listen to everyone and i think i picked that up from her and as a result uh I wanted to go in nursing, and I've done a lot of listening to people through the years, and I've tried to help as best I could. Uh, The cancer angle was my mother also had uh, cancer when I was in high school, and she survived that even though our family doctor didn't think she'd live to get to the hospital. So that also had an influence in my life, and then when I had cancer, I remembered what my mother had gone through with the radiation and everything, and I thought, well, I don't want that. And so that's why I decided to use a natural approach. But the other thing, as a, with a background in public health, we subscribe to multiple factors that lead up to disease processes, not any one cause-effect relationship. So we looked at factors in man, in the agent, and in the environment. And it seemed to me that if there are multiple factors that lead up to a disease process, then you also have to use multiple factors to resolve that process and, and put it back in a healthy direction. So that's why I uh, I had also been influenced by Edgar Casey, mm. who uh, was considered the father of uh, holistic medicine in the country. And I had gone, when I first moved to this area I went as the, uh, I volunteered in the summer as the nurse at the camp. And so I would go and I'd use all of the Casey uh, treatments that he recommended. And so that was, uh, you know, a good experience. So all of that got me into holistic health and using natural approaches. And also it initiated my radio program that I had been doing for six years, where we look at natural ways to deal with health problems. And unlike many shows, I focus for maybe four months on an area. So I've done like four or five months on arthritis. I did cancer. Uh, I did low back pain, seasonal allergies, diabetes. And I interview a lot of naturopathic doctors, alternative doctors, researchers, and get try to get the latest information on dealing with these things naturally and holistically.
0: Okay, now let me ask you for for our listeners edification. When you say you're a thirty nine year survivor, mm-hmm. what exactly mm-hmm. does that mean? When is the thirty five thirty when does it start? When does it you know what I mean? Well
3: yeah, Parthenia, I was diagnosed in July of nineteen seventy four. And so last month, it was 40 years. Um, I uh, had two years of treatment, and then I've had 38 years as a survivor and have never had a recurrence. Uh, I've, you know, been careful about what I eat, and I pray every day, and I uh, I meditate, and I use affirmations. I use a holistic approach, and I have continued that and never had a recurrence, and as you know, many people that are treated traditionally may be fine for three, four years, and then they have a recurrence. They might even go seven, eight years, have a recurrence, but I have never had a recurrence. I had no side effects during the treatment. Um, You know, I'm healthy. I have no chronic illnesses at 80. Well, I'll be 82 next week. And I live in a three-story house. I'm up and downstairs. stairs. <laughs> uh, I'm me- mentally very active. I counsel about 60 cancer patients every month and try to act as a resource. I think that, you know, if people, anyone can do this, you know, it's just a matter of living holistically, having a strong faith in something beyond yourself, trying to help your fellow man the best you can trying to always be a better person in your relationships with other people, watching what you eat, watching what you say, getting some physical exercise. I mean, the research is there for all of this. And it's, you know, it's not only um, easy, but it's exciting, you know, to live into your old years and not have to worry about taking drugs and taking, uh, having pain and all mm-hmm. those things that, you know, and I think the attitude again has a big, plays a big role in this. Because if you think that you're going to, you know, have pain and you're going to have this and that, and you can't get around all that stuff when you get older, you probably will. But if you don't anticipate that. You probably won't.
0: (laughs) Well, you're absolutely right. And and one other thing thing before we get too far along, I want to make sure our listeners are aware of. um, The things that you talk about in the book, the uh, therapies and uh, vitamins and supplements and what have you, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, are they only specific to lung cancer or should other people be listening and reading your book as well?
3: No, they're really specific to any type of cancer, and they have been u- used with all types of cancer. Uh, there's a book that came out not too long ago on case studies uh, of laetrile, and then uh, the uh, classic book was by um, Edward Griff- e- e- G. Ed- Edward Griffin, who wrote an endorsement in my book, but he wrote a book on uh, uh, cancer and laetrile and... Uh, You know, it can be used for any type of cancer. Uh, The problem that I have found with the people that contact me is that if it's stage four, the problem does not come from the lung cancer. It comes from the metastases to other sites, and often it's when it metastasizes to the bone. And then there's so much pain. And there were two young men. Well, they weren't young. One was 45 and the other one was, I think, 40. But they both had stage 4 lung cancer. And they were doing great on the laetrile and the pancreatic enzymes and the vegan-type diet and and so forth. But they were having pain from their arm and where it had metastasized. And one of them went out to try to shovel snow and broke his arm, and that Mm -hmm. was the, the beginning of the end because then he had radiation to help with, with the uh, tumor in his arm, and then, you know, they decided to do more, and he ended up doing more traditional. The other one, the same thing. They were both progressing nicely as far as their lungs, but they both ended up with doing traditional, and they both died. Well, and I think so, the fear,
0: the fear factor, and I, I think that was why, one, what was wonderful about what you included about your your mother, that mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you you even stated that you believe that it was her faith and her positive attitude that enabled her to withstand the chemotherapy and you right, know come through right, it the way she right, did. Right, um, right. Let me just sort of go over the, the table of contents here to give our listeners an idea of what the book covers, and then we'll sort of highlight or focus on different sections of the book. Um, Okay, Part 1, Overview of Lung Cancer. Chapter 1, Lung Cancer Overview, Types, Classification, Scope, Demographics, Etiology, Prevention, Politics, and Societal Responses to Alternative Treatments. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he does dare to go into the waters of politics and discuss that aspect of things. Uh, Part 2, experience during and after lung cancer of a 36-year super uh, super survivor at this time, at the t- time the book was written. Chapter 2, Holistic Alternative Interventions Used. Chapter 3, Holistic Interventions to Prevent Recurrence. So you're going to get all the information you need to get. Uh, part 3, Medical Aspects, Alternative Interventions of Lung Cancer. Chapter 4, Alternative Medical Treatment at the Oasis of Hope. IRT-C for Advanced Lung Cancer, Francisco uh, Contreras, M.D. Uh, Chapter 5, Alternative Medical Treatment, Lung Cancer at the Cancer Screening and Treatment Center of Nevada, Century Wellness Clinic, James Forsyth, M.D., H.M.D. Chapter 6, Mind Body Medicine, Bernie Siegel, M.D., uh, Part 4, Supplemental Aspects, Holistic Alternative Treatment of Lung Cancer, Chapter 7, Nutritional Aspects of Lung Cancer, Kim Dazel, Ph.D., RDLD, Chapter 8, Protocell for Lung Cancer, Uh, Tanya Harta, Pierce, MA, MFCC. Chapter 9 Selective Physical Environmental Interventions for Treating Lung Cancer and Preventing uh, Recurrence. Yes, he actually shares with you exercises, daily exercises, not only for your general health but for youthfulness. Uh, chapter 10 Selective Mental Spiritual Interventions for Treating Lung Cancer and Preventing Recurrence. Then there's a section about the author, about the contributors and references and Index. Now, um, you cover you definitely cover the waterfront, and I want to let our listeners also know that although it's a very how can I put it, you're dealing with very technical uh, medical. Terms and situations. It is a very easy read. It is not complicated, and it does not come off like a textbook at all. It talks. It comes off like you're talking to somebody knowledgeable about the field and the, the information, and and it's a, a very delightful read and very you you will feel very encouraged and positive uh, during the process. Um, okay, let's see. Talk to us a little bit about lung cancer, its uniqueness, um, some of the demographics. You know, you share a little bit of the statistics, when, especially when you compare uh, traditional versus alternative treatments. Um, and, you know, just give us a general overview of what Part 1, Chapter 1 is about.
3: Okay. Um, I think <laughs> no, people no usually, usually think of lung cancer as being of the elderly And this is all changing. Uh, As I mentioned, there were two people I worked with recently that ended up dying, but one was 40 and the other was 45. Uh, It's still about uh, 89% of all uh, lung cancer is a direct result of smoking, and another 3% is a result of secondary smoke. And then there's some related to radon. There's some related to asbestos, and there's some that's unknown. Now, the statistics say these are the direct cause, but as I mentioned earlier, I subscribe to a multi-causation uh, theory because not everyone that smokes ends up getting cancer, and there are people who don't smoke that end up getting cancer. So, there's factors in the host. For example, you know, if you're run down, you're not getting adequate rest, you're uh you smoke, different people smoke different amounts of, of cigarettes or pipes or whatever. Uh, the nutrition, people have different nutritional habits. They're different mm-hmm. cultural habits. Uh, there's all kinds of factors that will influence whether or not you end up getting cancer. So I don't subscribe to the smoking, the direct smoking and cancer, but multiple factors. Um, I. It used to be that more men... Uh, had lung cancer than women, and again, that was probably because more men smoked than women, but, Mm -hmm. you know, women are fast catching up. Lung cancer is the leading cause of death of all cancers, even though you hear about breast cancer, you hear about prostate cancer, you don't hear as much about lung, but there are more deaths from lung cancer than from breast cancer, prostate cancer, and colon cancer combined. So it's a big killer, and the reason is that most people do not have symptoms until it gets to stage 3 or 4 where it has metastasized to a different site, and then you start having symptoms. And as I'm sure everyone knows, it's much more difficult to treat stage 4 than it is to treat stage 1 and 2, and the survival is not near as good for stage 4 as it is for stage 1 and 2. Demographics, I don't remember, you know, um, racially, I don't remember what the statistics were.
0: uh, I I think it was more
3: white, is it? um,
0: I I believe it was, well, you had, it was very specific here. Um, You had, I think, for, you had minorities receiving um, the higher mortality. Uh, Mm -hmm. Quotient Um, I'm trying to Mm -hmm. find a page Mm -hmm. right now Um, As with many other cases But what was interesting with the women It wasn't quite the same I think with the men Minorities uh, had a higher mortality Than with the women It wasn't quite the same The breakdown was not quite the same Mm -hmm. But um, nonetheless It's certainly You know Certainly interesting. I mean, it would be interesting to know why that disparity exists, but then it may be more related to nutrition and access to health care and all that kind of thing. Right, right,
3: right. I think the access is a big factor because, um, you know, I know from working with the homeless that they did not have access to health care, and so they would wait until they were so sick they couldn't do anything, Mm
1: -hmm. and then they go
3: to emergency. And emergency does not really give you very good care. I mean, it's just an emergency thing, and then you're back out on the streets. Mm
1: -hmm. And
3: so I know that the care was not there. I hope that the Obamacare has resolved some of that as far as the homeless population because they were never uh, eligible for any type of care.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I do believe it is having a positive impact in that uh, area. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, okay, very good. Um, Anything else you want to share with regards to that section, chapter, part one, section one? No,
3: I think one thing that's interesting is that there is staging, and people will always say to me, well, what stage were you?
0: And I tell them,
3: I don't know, because we didn't have staging 40 years ago. Well, they told you you had
0: six months to live, so it must have been pretty far along. I don't know, uh, uh,
3: Parthenia. Uh, The reason that I think it may not have been too far along, even though they did say six months, was that I didn't have any symptoms. And the reason Ah, that I went for an x-ray initially was because I had a dream that told me to go for an x-ray. And I pay attention to my dreams because I Mm -hmm. believe that this is one way that God speaks with us if we listen. And so I pay attention to my dreams, and I get a lot of um, guidance in life through my dreams. And so I didn't have symptoms, and so I, I wonder if maybe I was not too far advanced. Plus, it had only been six months, I think. Maybe since I'd had an x ray and this had developed in that six month period. Wow. So, um, you know, but they did say I had six months, and I don't know if that was reality in their mind or if they were trying to scare me into getting the chemo and the surgery. Right. Or what was their rationale for that, but that's what they told me.
0: I think that, that fear aspect or that fear piece. Is one of the main things that has to be addressed because once you're convinced that you're going to die within, a, like you said, six months or three right. months, the fear factor makes you say, Well, my goodness, if that's definite, then I have to do whatever they say is mm-hmm. available mm-hmm. for me to do to help that not be the case. And, uh, you know, you make I I always used to say not to make decisions in fear or anger because it's not going to be good. But anyway, um, what was your... Well, see, that
3: bothers me too, Parthenia, when doctors tell people they've got three months or six months. I think they mean well, but I get a lot of people contact me and they'll say the doctor told me I had three months or I had six months. And I respond that that is not a medical diagnosis. It's a God diagnosis, and only God knows when we're going to die. And then I proceed to tell him, I was given that prognosis 39 years ago, 40 years ago, and I'm still here. So get that out of your mind, because as Bernie Siegel wrote in his chapter, the mind has a tremendous influence on your body. And if you think you're going to die in three months, you can make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, And so I don't like people to think that. Uh, Because it can happen. It's better to be optimistic that it's not going to happen, and I'm going to show my doctor that he doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, on that
0: note, we're going to take a break and come back from our promotion. Okay, folks. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner Parthenia Izard, here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, now, when you go to my site, www.amtherapies.com, you will find a link for purchasing the blood type diet products, and uh, we'll be back with Dr. Carl oh Healthy, R.N., Ph.D., author of You Can Beat Lung Cancer Using Alternative Integrative Interventions. He's a 39 year survivor. If you have questions, call 619 789 6835.
2: Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures
0: Okay, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izzard. Check the website, uh, www.amtherapies.com, to see who my live, excuse me, and rebroadcast guests will be next week, August 19, 20, and 21. Throat is a bit clearer. Uh, we are live, and I wanted to remind you that next week, um, check the website to see who my guests will be, August 19, 20, and twenty one, twenty fourteen. Uh, at the end of next week's live program, we will discuss the Earth Blessed Thistle and the Asana Urdhva Dandasana. Uh, also, for your information, upcoming live guest will be On August 12, 2014, and that will be Paramahansa Jagadish, author of The Prayer Project. Right now, we are back with Dr. Carl O. Helvey, RN, PhD, author of... You can beat lung cancer using alternative integrative interventions. He's a 39-year survivor. Call 619-789-6835 if you have questions of my guest. Okay. I survived that coughing fit. Good.
2: And, <laughs> it's always
0: at a very untim- un-, un-, un inappropriate moment. Right, right. But anyway, that way. Um, what was your first... Uh, plan of action when you found out, you know, the prognosis, uh, what what was your first, what were you inspired to do first?
3: Come home and pray about it and Ah. ask for guidance. Um, Hmm. And that's what I told the doctor because when he came in with the surgeon and they said, we're going to do chemo and we're going to do surgery, I said, wait a minute. I said, I don't make snap decisions. I go home. I pray about it. I ask for guidance and I then make a rational decision. And I think that people should not make a quick decision in a period like that. I mean, it's your life and, you know, and it's your decision. I think a lot of times people turn that decision-making over too quickly to the doctor and they need to maintain that. It's empowering to be able to make your decisions about what you're going to do and all uh, and not be frightened by it, as you said earlier. That's, that's a big mistake to, you know, be fearful. And to me, fear is the opposite end of a continuum on which faith is the other end. And if one has faith in God or something beyond themselves, they don't need to be fearful because, you know, it's like now in my life I know that what happens is an experience that I need for my soul growth and my soul is the important part of my me and that I have someone beyond me that is with me that is guiding me through the process. So I think that the first thing is you go home, you pray or you meditate or you just think about it. You talk with your family members. You talk with, you know, whoever and you make a rational decision.
0: Very good. Okay, now let's, let's go to part two, uh, experience during and after lung cancer. Talk to us a little bit about the holistic alternative in- interventions, not, certainly not all of them, but give our uh, listeners a sense of some of the things you, you did.
3: Well, I, uh, I used Laetrile, which is the major source of the apricot kernel, and I took uh, I ate 25 apricot kernels every day. I took 2,000 milligrams of Laetril. The theory there's Laetril has cyanide in it, and people will say, well, it will kill you, but it won't because it requires uh, certain enzymes in the body to activate the cyanide in the Laetril, and cancer cells have those enzymes, whereas normal cells don't, and so it's very specific. For cancer cells, it also um, it requires pancreatic enzymes which soften up the uh, cancer cells so that the leotril can enter. It requires a zinc, a mineral, that carries the leotril to the uh, site. Uh, I also I took uh, therapeutic doses of vitamin A, and by therapeutic I mean. <laughs> I started at 300,000 international units then I went to a hundred thousand and then I went to 50,000 for a year and the daily recommended is 5,000 and it's a fat soluble vitamin so that all excesses is stored in the body and not excreted and that was a little frightening but my doctor told me that he would give me high dose vitamin E that would help with the toxicity But vitamin E is another fat-soluble vitamin. Well, I read about two months ago research that validated that what my doctor told me 40 years ago has now been proven by research. In fact, almost everything my doctor did 40 years ago has been proven by research. Uh, The rationale for the vitamin A, it was to prevent normal cells from converting to cancer cells, and the research a couple months ago proved that. Uh, I took other herbs. I took um, other uh, vitamins. I was on a vegan-type diet that was 75% raw fruit and vegetables with some additional cooked. There's rationale for that, but because of the time, I won't go into it. But there is rationale for the raw uh, and for the vegan-type diet. I could have grains. I could have nuts. No uh, simple carbohydrate no protein and again there's rationale for all of that and that's what the doctor prescribed and to that I added prayer meditation visualization, affirmations I tried to serve others I, I tried to develop my patience, my forgiveness uh, I tried to stay optimistic and not uh, stay positive and uh, that's package seemed and and then there was some environmental I tried to air my house out whenever it was uh, possible I didn't let people smoke in my environment and things like that and so it was a whole you know package of things that I did
0: well you know you talk in your book about some of the challenges that, uh, well, you didn't face them as much, but that people face as they try to take advantage of alternative therapies. You want to touch on that and give a little advice about what to do if you do come up against a lot of challenges, either accessing the, 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 the medicines, the alternative therapies that you want to use, or accessing doctors that prescribe or include, integrate these herbs and vitamin supplements. In their treatments,
3: well, most uh, uh, oncologists and uh, traditional doctors will not tell you that there that is an alternative, and so I I think that people need to learn everything they can about cancer and the various treatment modes because everyone will know someone, either a close family member or a friend or someone that has cancer because it's so prevalent. And I think when you're in the situation, you may not be thinking quite as clearly as you would otherwise. And I think to have all of that information and to know that, you know, you want alternative or you want, uh, you're happy with the traditional, uh, I think it's good to have all that information beforehand. It's um, difficult to find out Resources from your uh, primary doctor or from your uh, oncologist, but um, the internet is a wonderful site for uh, connecting with groups that uh, use alternative things or that, uh, you know, different uh, national organizations like there's a naturopathic uh, doctor, association of naturopathic doctors, etc., and you can go there. You can find uh, someone in your own area. Uh, I try with anyone that gets in touch with me, I try to locate someone in their area that they can see if that's what they choose. Uh, I prefer that they go to people that I know are having high success rates, like Dr. Forsyth that I mentioned uh, that wrote a chapter in my book. At the time he wrote the chapter, he was having forty-six percent success with stage four cancer patients, five year survival. And the traditional is two to five percent. And so he's having much, much greater. Now I talked with a friend recently who told me that he's now having somewhere up seventy some percent success with stage four five year survival. So he's having great success, but the problem is for these brave doctors is that if they have great success, they're a threat to the rest of the medical profession, and then the FDA takes after them or the medical profession takes after them. And this they did with Dr. Forsyth, and he told me, he said they couldn't take my license, but he said what they did was try to bankrupt me, and he said it cost a lot of money to defend myself. Now, he... What happens with many doctors in Nevada, and Nevada is one of the states that's a little more progressive, and the doctors, the MDs, will take 100 hours of homeopathic uh, uh, content, and then they'll take their boards, and they become both uh, an MD and a homeopathic doctor, and that is a little bit broader scope of practice so that they're able to do some things With that, that they can't do with their M.D. degree.
0: Yes, and in your book, you do do um, make it a a more hopeful setting a uh, situation uh <laughs> with uh, a lot of things that have changed uh <laughs> in terms of you know training as well as in terms of some knowledge base uh and basically basically I guess because of the internet people are more knowledgeable uh you mentioned miss summers is it suzanne summers <laughs> uh a lot of what she's done that's helped. To promote the legitimacy of alternative therapies in cancer and other areas, so yes, it, there is hope, ladies and gentlemen. Now there aren't a lot of centers, unfortunately. I think you mentioned two or three in your text. I, I know uh-huh. you mentioned Oasis of Hope. Right. You mentioned. Uh-huh. Would you like to name some of those as we?
3: Well, Dr. Uh, Forsyth uh, or Dr. Contreras. They have treated over 100,000 cancer patients using a holistic uh, alternative approach and been very successful. They're much more successful, again, than the traditional. And then Dr. Forsythe that I mentioned in Reno, Nevada, who's having fantastic results. Uh, there's a Dr. Bob Esslinger in Reno, Nevada also. He didn't write in my book, but he did do an endorsement. And, again, he's having fantastic results. Uh, they have been in business for many, many years. So there tends to be more people in that uh, Reno, Nevada area than, you know, other parts of the country. But um, I think that it's wonderful that, you know, there's more naturopathic doctors now than we had in the past. There's the uh, center that's part of the federal government's complementary alternative uh, center that is doing all kinds of research on uh, natural interventions a lot of research and you mentioned the um, science digest they publish a lot of the research that is coming out on um, nutrition and its influence on uh, cancer prevention and treatment and so there's a lot of things that are coming out and I take a lot of advantage of a lot of this like Uh, I've had trouble with my PSA, and Mm -hmm. my PSA went up to 12 one time. And I talked with Bernie Siegel, and he said, well, take pomegranate. And I said, great. And so I started (laughs) taking pomegranate, and within three months, my PSA was down to four. In three months. And what pomegranate does is um, if you have a tumor, it prevents it. Uh, I mean, if you don't have a tumor, it will prevent uh, prostate cancer. If you have it, it will shrink it. It will, uh, you know, help with your PSA. It's it's a it's a wonderful fruit, and you know, there's a lot of things like that, like uh, cranberry well, juice.
0: Well, now I I just have to ask: Do you do mm-hmm. you eat the pomegranate fruit, or you drank the juice, or you took sup? You know, the supplement.
3: I take a supplement because I can take one capsule, and mm-hmm. it's comparable to several. Uh, glasses of the juice mm-hmm. and it doesn't have all the calories. it's like the cram I take something called crammax uh, which is comparable to eight glasses of cranberry juice, but you know there's not all the calories
1: <laughs> and
3: you don't have to sit there drinking all of this, but I take that because as you get older you tend to have more urinary tract infections, and women know this more than men because you know women tend to have more urinary tract infections. But it's a wonderful way of preventing urinary tract infections. There's mm-hmm. just so many things, and the research you know is just showing more and more the benefits of things that God provided for us out there and It's well, like now,
0: the, go ahead mm-hmm,
3: it's like the laiatrol that I took uh, from the apricot kernel. Now, most people would not eat the kernel, mm-hmm. but you know that's an excellent source of laiatrol which is a preventive as far as cancer.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let me, you're going to love this question. Uh, Because (laughs) we we started late, did you happen to notice what time I actually started, you know, got you on the line and we actually started? Because I've extended the duration of the program, but I don't want to take up an indefinite amount of your time.
3: Oh, uh, no, I have as much time as you know as people want. Uh, I think we started around ten after, but I, I'm not okay, sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. Because I, I wanted I'm, to
0: honor your time. No, okay, I'm good so to we're go as go. long as you want. Okay, so we'll go about till 9:15. Uh and then the archive will be an hour on the on the uh mm-hmm. internet. Okay, mm-hmm. well good. Um now, let me take a pause and then we'll return after the break. Folks, good. you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izard. Now, uh, we're going to be back in a moment with uh, Dr. Carl O. Helvey, RN, Ph.D., and author of You Can Beat Lung Cancer, Using Alternative Integrative Interventions. He's a 39-year survivor, and please follow me on Twitter. I'm Alternative Medi. Any calls for questions? 619 789 6835.
2: Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures
0: Okay, we are back. You're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izard. Again, remember the book I co-authored, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health, on my site. Uh, Nothing's more important than your health, but between the overburdened medical establishment, blaring crisis-driven health headlines, and our our own hectic lives, finding the information you and your family need uh, can be next to impossible. We're here to help. We bring together 101 of the top minds in radically different branches of the healing profession to give you 101 simple, workable ways to... um, Um, attack disease, overcome unhealthy habits, and live your life to its healthiest potential. Follow the link on my homepage. It is a blue book link. Okay, we're back with Dr. Carl O. Helvey, RN, Ph.D., author of You Can Beat Lung Cancer, Using Alternative Integrative Interventions. He's a 39-year survivor, and uh, to call and ask questions, call 619-789-6835. Okay, Dr. Helvey. At this point, I would like you to share your contact information, your website, your email or phone number, anything you want to share at this time for our listeners.
3: One <laughs> is beat net, <beatlungcancer.net>, and <laughs> um, that one has the endorsements. And uh, I've tried to put most of the radio and television shows that I've done on there. Um, recently, I haven't been able to get most of these from the <laughs> shows that I've done uh,
1: mm-hmm.
3: because I I changed to a different publicist and and they haven't been very good about getting them for me. Oh. Uh, I have another site, uh, HolisticHealthShow.com and on that uh, site, I have my radio shows under the blog and then twice a week I put the latest research on cancer usually, but sometimes I'll put some things related like uh, now I'm doing a series in wellness, and so I'm doing a variety of things like uh, uh, this this week we looked at uh, omega-3, omega-6, and a new uh, blood test to uh, determine, you know, what your balance the balance Mm. between the omega-3, omega-6. I didn't even know there was a blood test for this. Mm -hmm. And so that's interesting. Uh, I've had a couple of physicians recently who are holistic uh, cardiologists, and Mm -hmm. one of them, Dr. Um, Take, uh, also uh, teaches uh, Tai Chi, meditation, and the whole works (laughs) in her cardiology center. Isn't that fantastic?
0: That is
3: and wonderful. They are very much into nutrition and uh, all of the alternative things because these are really very important with cardiology problems too because, you know, stress is a big factor in, in most heart problem type things. And so, I mean, it, they, they were wonderful. So all of that is under the uh, blog in uh, on that. And then... My uh, my contact information is all on either site, and I'm always happy to hear from people, and I try to help in any way I can. Uh, okay, I well usually... I'm
0: I'm going to repeat those websites uh, for people who were running to get a pen and pen paper when you started. <laughs> okay, it's, uh, the one is www.beatlungcancer.net, and that's all one word. Beat Lung and the other one is www.holistichealthshow.com. Holistic Health Show and that's H O L I S T I C. Okay, very good. Um, now, uh, you talk, there's so much in here that I wanted to cover. I am really um, trying to figure out what I want to pick next. <laughs> Um, why don't you talk a little bit about um, the physical and the mental and the environmental and the spiritual interventions before we leave? Because I think uh, the the physical one that you present is just so simple and basic. It's amazing. Of course, I don't want you to tell the whole thing because I want them to get the book. But just give them a, a sampling of some of the things you think are important as it relates to the physical, environmental, mental, and spiritual interventions that help.
3: You mean as far as uh, uh, preventing recurrence, or when I had cancer?
0: Well, in part four, what you, in chapter nine oh, and ten?
3: Oh. oh, in chapter nine and ten, it's the how-to's of all of the various things, like mm-hmm. how to check your house for radon, mm-hmm.
1: um,
3: for example, because radon is accounts for about two or three percent of all lung cancer and. Uh, there certain states have more radon than other states, but uh, you never know if it's uh, going to be under your house or not. And so there's a whole process of checking for that, and then a process of you know filling uh, any cracks or anything under the house, or uh, directing the radon fumes away from the house so that they're not coming into the house. Um, I had uh, chapters on. Uh, Well, there was a chapter on nutrition in the book. Uh, I had um, uh, some information on how to quit smoking. Uh, I had information on... I get a little bit confused because I had a book earlier called Healthy Holistic Aging. And I have a lot of the same types of things. I even get into, you know, how to prevent wrinkles. Uh, Oh, my. And women usually like that because, you know... (laughs) Uh, well, you have to think about how do you get wrinkles. If you go out in the sun, you squint, and if you keep doing that you're going to get little wrinkles. Mm-hmm. You know If you smoke, you puff a certain way and you can get wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there's just a lot of our uh, lifestyle practices you know are conducive to developing wrinkles, uh, even you know the food that you eat will determine if you don't eat enough fruit and vegetables. You know, I eat a lot of fruit and vegetables. I have ever since I had lung cancer. I have no wrinkles, and I'm 82 years old, and people usually guess me at about uh, anywhere from 60, 65. And, uh, you know, as I say, it's. I think a lot of it is because I don't do a lot of worrying. Again, worrying can be conducive to wrinkles. Um uh, I I uh, try to eat, uh, you know, right. I exercise. I walk every day. I live in a three-story house. I'm up and down stairs. Uh, so I think and our lifestyle... You, and are
0: now, you, are you a vegan? I had the impression that you do eat meat. You had uh, a dream. I of- haven't
3: eaten beef in probably 25, 30 years. I what? did eat chicken, and I ate uh, fish until recently, and I was diagnosed in December with atrial fibrillation. That's why I got interested in the cardiology. But I went on drugs for a couple months because the doctor frightened me and told me I had to because I could have a stroke.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: after two months, I told him, i got to get off these things. I, they make me sick. And mm-hmm. so I stopped in the 1st of April. And I uh, am using natural things like uh, uh, CoQ10, uh, something called L-carnitine, which is a uh, right. uh, protein that builds up the heart muscle, D-ribose, which uh, helps with the so you don't get winded. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm following a vegan diet because there's been research that has shown that people that have had heart attacks, and Dr. Esselstyn uh, has been able to reverse everything heart-wise by people following a strict vegan diet. Now, I do have fish twice a week, but other than that, I stay strictly vegan. Uh, I just um, am concerned that I can't get enough protein.
0: Right, and yeah.
3: So I, uh, I eat fish twice a week. But my friend, who's a naturopathic doctor, who has been helping me with my diet, and he tells me, he's from France, so this may make a difference, but he says to me, well, you can have fish twice a week, but you've got to have some wine because (laughs) the wine will take care of it so it won't convert to uh, cholesterol. I said to him, but Uh, I don't like wine. He said, but you've got to have some wine. And so I take two tablespoons and I put it in a glass of water <laughs> and I hold my nose and I drink the oh, wine. Oh, that is
0: too funny. <laughs> well, you know, I I I love your sense of humor and I've I really enjoyed this evening despite the technical challenges. And I want to ask you at this point, uh, what final words of wisdom you would like to share with our listeners?
3: Well, Parthenia, I think it's that people need to... Ask their doctor, uh, you know, if they're faced with a diagnosis, what has been his success rate with the treatment that he's recommended, and then they need to go home and make a rational decision, and they need to take control of their own health care and not give that
0: away to anyone. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for this evening, and you enjoy the rest of yours, and we'll hope to have you back with your next book.
3: (laughs) Great. Thank you, Parthini. I've enjoyed being with you. You've been an excellent host, and Oh, thank you so
0: much. All right. Take care. Uh Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Okay, folks, it is now time for our um, herb of the day. And uh today's herb if I don't know if my audio is going to work for me but today's herb is um black walnut and, uh, black walnut. Uh, then my source resource for this is, uh, bulk and Balk, as you know. And it is black walnut. The parts used medicinally are the husks, inner bark, leaves, and nuts. And yes, we're having some technical difficulties with the audio file, but that's to be expected, I guess, at this point. Uh, some of the phytochemicals. Uh, include beta carotene and tannin. Some of the nu- nutrients include—oh, there it is. <sighs> some of the um, some of the nutrients include calcium, iron, calcium, iron, magnesium, manganese, phosphorus, potassium, selenium, silicon, zinc. Vitamins B1, B2, B3, and C. Uh, Again, those phytochemicals included beta-carotene and tannin. The nutrients included calcium, iron, magnesium, manganese, phosphorus, potassium, selenium, silicon, zinc, vitamins B1, B2, B3, and C. According to Balk & Balk, it aids digestion and acts as a laxative. Helps heal mouth and throat sores. Cleanses the body of some types of parasites. Good for bruising, uh, fungal infection, herpes, poison ivy, and warts. May help lower blood pressure and cholesterol levels. Uh, When boiled, the hulls produce a dye that is used to color wool. And our yoga asana is... Well, the, now the yoga, the herb of the day, doesn't want to stop. But the yoga asana is Urdhva Dandasana. Now, again, my resource for this is Iyengar, and the text is the Iyengar way. Um, the legs are lowered from Sirsasana to make a right angle with the trunk. Okay, now we're getting feedback. Okay, well, we're going to wrap this up as soon as possible before everything goes awry. You want to be in Seer Lift. The-